Hey everybody, this is Mariah with Take the Stage Opera Podcast. If you're like me, then sometimes you have this mean voice in your head that tells you that you shouldn't be singing. It can come in the voice of a colleague, a family member, or even a future audition panel that you have never even met. It can become so debilitating that you begin to believe the voices and maybe eventually stop singing. But imagine if you had a different voice in your head, one that guided and protected you, encouraged you, and helped you create better art. Well, there is a way to change the inner voice, and that is exactly what we're here to talk about today. And this is a total game changer, so make sure to take some notes and get ready to take care of your inner artist. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo! Julia Cameron wrote this best-selling workbook over 25 years ago. It has sold over 4 million copies, and so many people claim to have been inspired to pursue their creative passions because of this book. It is definitely more of a workbook than a sit-down-and-read book, so it includes a lot of journaling, self-reflection, and work in your head. To talk more about this great resource, I have my co-host, Evan. Hey, Evan. How are you? I am so excited to be here with um, my really good friend, Jen Townsley. She is a singer and a teacher, and I consider her a true friend. You know, the type of person that you just meet once in a lifetime. She, as proof of this, she reached out to my wife, Hannah, and I, and asked for our address, and she said she wanted to send a book to us. And my first instinct was, of course, to say, like, oh, that's so nice, but thank you. (laughs) You know, I don't really need you to send me a book. But you know, I just kind of had this voice inside me that said, you should be so grateful that you have a friend who wants to share an important Mm. book with you. So I gave her my address. She sent us the book and she also sent two journals. Oh, wow. And I saw the journals and I was like, okay, Jen means business. I actually need to do this. (laughs) So I haven't worked through the whole book yet as a true artist that I am. I've kind of (laughs) broken the rules and done how I want to do it, but I am so blessed and happy to have an amazing friend like Jen and excited to have her here to talk about this book. Hello, Jen. Welcome. Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. It's such a pleasure. We're so excited. And I know that you have a great story that you have been through a lot in your life. And um, I'm excited to hear how the artist way has helped you deal with some of your past and how it has inspired you to continue Um, as an artist into your future. So before we go too much further, I just want to include a little caveat about um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. I think some people can be a little put off by the way that she talks about it as a spiritual practice. She talks a lot about God. And she does try to make it clear that she's not trying to talk about a specific God, like maybe it could be Mother Earth or Mm. whatever it is that um, is spiritual for you. But of course, she is writing from her perspective. And um, so, you know, you just kind of have to understand that. And um, I do consider myself a spiritual person. 
but as I read this book, I don't necessarily consider it a spiritual practice for myself. I see it as more of an emotional practice. It goes along super well with yoga, meditation, journaling, therapy, counseling, life coaching, or seriously, whatever it is that you choose to do to work on your mind and your emotions. And if you consider that spiritual, awesome. And if you don't, that's also super awesome. So um, just that little caveat in mind. So she's not necessarily talking about like God is in God, the father and, and Jesus Christ and something Correct. that's religion specific. Correct. Yeah. And even though I think that, I don't know this for certain, but I think that she is a Christian. So that's kind of why I say that's what comes through in her mm-hmm. writing. But I don't think that you need to take it that way. Right. It, so. It's just how like you process through things and what speaks to your soul exactly okay yeah well thank you so much for clarifying that evan jen we want to start at the beginning and hear a little bit about your personal journey as an artist i understand that you had a rocky childhood in a lot of ways and i'm interested to see how singing was able to make a difference for you so let's talk about how you found singing and how that worked for you oh well thank you uh yeah i think that's not an uncommon thing Uh, A lot of people who are into the arts or singing specifically, uh, I think it's, I feel like it's actually more rare for them to come from these like polished, perfect Mm. upbringings, right? I mean, the reason that you're able to express how you feel uh, and put yourself out there is probably because you've already gone through something or you've had to mature quickly as a kid. express pain, you have to know pain. Right, right. Yeah, it just creates that sort of third dimension, I suppose. Uh, Well, I grew up in Verona, New York, which is about uh, people here. Oh, wow, New York. It's about five (laughs) hours from New York City. Uh, So there's more cows than people up there. So I grew up in this on this rural dirt road, essentially, and our driveway went about 500 feet back into the woods and basically wow. people would That's have really awesome <laughs> it is um people used to laugh because my family we would go camping and they'd say why do you go camping because you literally live in the middle of the woods but, uh, <laughs> you know i think a lot of people it it looked more like a um like a summer camp but it was my home all year round you know like we had <laughs> We had a wood stove, like that's how we heated our house. It was like little house on the prairie growing (laughs) up. Um, And some of those things, made it it was amazing. You know, the fact that I got to spend so much time outdoors and um, have, you know, that connection with the nature and with animals at a young age, I think it made me Mm -hmm. empathetic and Mm -hmm. um, passionate about certain things. Uh, But it was hard in that... uh, I, like many, came from like a very, uh, like the poor rural population. Mm. Um, But money was a major issue. Uh, When I was around seven, eight years old, uh, my mom's business went under and my dad was fired from Syracuse University. He was let go. Um, And so it was tough and it was scary Um, And a lot of the ways that I would sort of cope with that would to just be sing. But actually, when I was um, later that year, my first or 
My second grade teacher, uh, she actually started driving me to the Callet, which was a local theater nearby. That is so cool. Yeah. So I feel like I owe, I owe most of my musical journey to public school teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not often that I think you hear about, you know, your second grade teacher taking you to rehearsals so that you could be a part of something. But she could tell that I was interested and she could tell that I needed something. And so she, uh, she was older. I don't know. I assume that she probably had kids that were all grown up. Um, but yeah, she, she would pick me up and bring me to the Callet to uh, sing with a children's group. And, um, and then from there uh, in New York, you start choir as early as third, fourth grade. So then uh, I had this amazing uh, elementary music teacher named Miss Gwilt that uh, (laughs) just, and I still love Stephanie Gwilt. She's amazing. Um, (laughs) But uh, she, you know, she actually saw me, uh, which was hard because at the time I was, um, I was, you know, poor and wearing, you know, hand-me-downs from great aunts and all sorts of, you know, and uh, I was overweight um, and uh, had a lot of, a lot of issues. And so I was very unseen, but she luckily saw something in me and how much I love to sing and, and gave me a chance, you know, to do some cool solo stuff and to even, even when I was a younger kid, that was very cool. That is so great. This is just so important. We really wanted, one of the reason we want to reach out to singers to encourage them to keep singing is because young people need to hear this. You know, they need to hear people singing. They need to hear music. It can be life-changing for them. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why the arts are so crucial in our communities and in our families. And we all need to be developing whatever our career ends up looking like. And that's important. So... So Jen, how did you end up deciding to go to school, to college, to be a singer? Mm. (laughs) And now you even have a master's. So kind of take us through that. Yeah. Um, Well, I was a horrible student in high school. (laughs) Um, And the only reason I passed was because I was in, you know, four or five bands and choirs that like upped my average, I think, enough to like graduate. (laughs) Um, It was... Yeah, not not good. I was a terrible student. I hated learning, did not want to um, be a part of any of that stuff. So I just said, "Mm." well, my dad, of course, as a college professor was like, you need to go to school. (laughs) And at the time, I was like, I'm just gonna like work with horses and train horses because I also was like a major equestrian and like competed and showed and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to, you know, work on a horse farm. And he was like, no. (laughs) Um, He was like, there's got to be at least one other thing that you could see yourself doing. And I was like, well, I guess I like music. So, um, and there just so happened to be, right, darn it down. There happened to be uh, a community college about, I don't know, 45 minutes away that had a music, you know, department. And I thought, all right, I'll just apply there because it'll be easy and it'll be, you know, cheaper and it'll be fine. I'll just be a music major and go to community college. It took me about uh, halfway through a semester to realize like, wow, wait, 
I like, I actually do like to learn. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I feel like learning things about things I like. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was pretty neat. That is really neat. So Jen, tell us, how did you find the artist's way? Ah, uh, so I found the, um, I found out about the artist Ray from a colleague and really dear friend. So I suppose that's how you find out about this book. Um, her name's Candace Mon. Yes. <laughs> her name's Candace Mon, and, uh, she is a choir director here in the DFW area. And she's also a fantastic, uh, soprano and a really great singer and a mom of five. Dang. Go off, Candace. Right. Yeah. Candace is uh, pretty phenomenal. And she <laughs> had already read and done this whole book um, as far as like the log books and everything. But uh, she said she was looking for somebody to do it a second time with and kind of go through, oh. go through it. So she introduced it to me and I just, you know, Amazon primed it to my house in mm -hmm. two days. And, <laughs> and that was that. And where were you in your life at this time? You were already done with your master's? Done with my master's. I, um, I was here in the DFW area teaching, uh, sort of freelance uh, mm -hmm. teacher, uh, mostly with middle schoolers and high schoolers um, and a few people outside of public school. Teaching um, private voice? Yes, teaching private voice. Yeah, so uh, I have a studio of between 40 and 50 students. My goodness. Um, and, uh, and I absolutely love it. Teaching is what, where I'm really called to be, but I just mm -hmm. have always wanted to be a teacher that can perform and that mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. learn and give my students those experiences by doing them myself. Yeah, great. Um, because I do think that the best the best teachers are those who have actually done it, done it. Yeah. to an yep. extent. Yeah. yeah. So you get this book, you open the package. What are your first thoughts? Are you like, I'm ready to do this? Had Candace already convinced you of its benefits or were you? Yeah, I was, I was very curious um, because I have always thought of myself as creative. Uh -huh. um, I've never thought that I needed help with my creativity, but what interested me was when uh, Candace kind of opened it up and read some of the questions in this book and some of the um, activities that you're supposed to do. So things like uh, take a sheet of paper, draw a circle. Inside that circle, place topics you need to protect. Hmm. Place the names of those you find to be supportive. Outside the circle, place the names of those that you must be self-protective around just now. And I love it also, it'll say, it'll say things like, um, write down five things that, five ideas that you would do with your life to be yeah. creative, right? So like, you know, that aren't what you already do. Like five like, careers, right? Right. Like have a, um, I don't know own a donut shop or um sketch uh cartoons or Be a dancer right whatever. anything yeah like what would you do without limit and that can lead to some really interesting uh insights about yourself that you might not realize so there are a couple of kind of main activities that you're supposed to be doing on a daily or weekly basis could you kind of walk us through your experience with that yes so 
the major components of it are you uh, do daily uh, morning pages. Okay, Which so Jill in- mentioned in episode one, by the way. Oh, how she funny. talked about her morning pages. And oh my gosh, anyway, so has she read this book? Yes, she swears by it. Oh, see, I love Jill that. Jill Grove approved. Yes, <laughs> that's all that matters then. Like, we could just stop this podcast right now because <laughs> Jill's already said that, but it's great. Um, but tell yeah, us more so, about the morning pages for you. Yeah, so um, it the morning pages are just a way of you getting out the, um, I guess, like, for lack of a better word, the word vomit or the things that are at the front of your brain that might be clouding you from uh, seeing creative possibilities. So, and there are no rules to morning pages other than write them. Yeah. Three pages. Three what? pages. What are you writing on these pages? You just what? do like you can literally, vomit. you can literally wake up Three and say, pages. my, my coffee tastes awful this morning. Uh, I think that the milk's gone bad. I also should really practice. This is what I should kind of probably be practicing. So just getting out of your head all of these thoughts that are not very helpful. It could be that. It could be like getting out the mean thoughts in your Mm. brain, like the ones that are telling you you can't be successful, you're not smart enough. Right. Getting it all out of your system as you start your day. Mm. It could be that. It could be... Simply just asking yourself questions like, I just had an audition and I got nervous for the first time in years. Why did that happen? Hmm. And you can kind of like break that down with yourself. Um, It could be that or yeah, or literally just getting all of the all of the cobwebs, so to speak, out of your brain and out on paper. And uh, Julia talks about how at first you may not see much as far as results from doing it. It can do some really amazing things and some like self-realization and some, um, some work that I think not only as artists, but just as human beings, we don't like to put a lot of time and work into ourselves. Right. So what has that looked like for you? I mean, obviously don't read us your pages, but (laughs) have, what have you noticed benefits, some specific benefits doing that? Well, I have. I think there's been some sort of scary unveilings of issues that I didn't realize that I had. Sure. um, That kind of came from probably going through some stuff when I was younger. Um, And I had a deep realization that some of the, uh, the issues and the I don't want to say trauma because that sounds very heavy, but some of the things that I went through were actually playing a a large role in some of the issues that I was having with my singing. Right. Hmm. Um, And it's something that I had never really fully come to terms with. It's something that nobody, no teacher or coach or director has ever brought up. Um, That was very interesting. Yeah, It's probably so deep in your psyche yes yeah Yeah. i think i was really good at hiding the issues that i had Mm. um for for voice teachers and for whomever you know and so through Uh, morning pages and some of these other activities you feel that you've been able to work through some of these issues is it still an ongoing process for you yeah so um some of definitely has gotten a lot better um 
I think it's always going to be sort of a work in progress, you know? Um, but I think by doing things like morning pages and really the biggest thing that I needed was to actually devote some time to myself and to my own learning. I think mm -hmm. as, um, I think as sort of my personality goes is I'm very much a giver, 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 giver. Mm -hmm. And it was, I've always struggled and still struggle with giving to myself. Huh. So uh, even in like, say like my practicing routines or, um, you know, working on things that I really want to work on, if I had to do it for someone else, it would get done much better. <laughs> but since it's for right, me, right. I don't take it as seriously as, hmm. you know, someone. Yeah. So what are some of the other like daily, weekly tasks that it has you do in this book? Another really interesting one is uh, they have you take yourself on an artist date every okay. week. I struggle this. with this a little oh. bit, actually. So yeah. Mariah's ready. I'm, like, ready to I'm get struggling. <laughs> You're like, every day, yes. Um, so she talks about just really devoting um, a date time for you and your inner artist, your inner, like, child artist, she says, and whatever that is to help it feel um like help your inner artist feel like there's growth feel like there's security feel like there is um that you're it's taken care of and excitement uh, as well i think yes yes so that could that's something that's different for every person uh so it might be just simply going on a walk in nature by yourself mm. it might be going to the mall and buying a new performance dress even though you have no performances coming up for like three to four months <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm already devoting a lot of time to myself mm. but they're all the things that i should be doing right and she <laughs> says like this artist date it's not supposed to be something you should do Mm. It's got to be something that just kind of tickles your fancy. Yeah. And I just feel like, oh, I just can't devote that time to myself. But I have like... I don't have that time to do that. Right. Yeah. But as I've, you know, even just in a small way. You don't have to like be yeah. like, bye wife and kids. Good luck. I'm going to be yeah. gone for four hours doing my own thing. It could be 15 <laughs> minutes here, 15 minutes on Friday. It could be 10 minutes in the morning. It could... You know, just over time having having that for yourself. Well, this has been so fun to hear about some of your experiences with this. If you had like one major takeaway that about your journey with um, the artist's way and how it could help other people, what do you think that would be? I think you have to come into it. Just being willing to be open and vulnerable to what may happen and what you may discover about yourself, it might, it might not be pretty. You might discover something that perhaps you, you wish that you didn't, you know, open up, but what that could lead to could be something that you won't understand, you know, for a long time down the road. Uh, but it could so be about changing and, and in it a could good way. Be. I also just, wanted to bring up that the biggest thing for me so far in the few weeks I've been doing this is the affirmations. Mm. Um, she um, recommends after you do morning pages to write some affirmations sometimes. And mm -hmm. as you're writing these affirmations, she encourages you to write hard ones like, quote, 
I am a world-class singer, mm. unquote. Yes. And as you write it, it feels super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's because, you you know, I'm not world-class. But right. I, it's funny because now... But you must dig into why are you uncomfortable? Where does that stem from? Does it stem exactly. from truth or does it stem from being uh, told something at one point that is untrue? Is it... Uh, you know, I, it, that is a very interesting experience. Once you get past the uncomfortability, what you yeah. can find out about yourself. Yes. And these affirmations have totally changed the way I see myself as a singer, what I'm capable of doing. Also, as a father, as mm. a husband, they've totally changed my relationship with myself, how I see the world around me. Just, I mean, I just feel like, seriously overwhelmed with all of the positive energy that I gained from my morning writing. And I didn't know that that was possible. Okay. So Mm. I have a really hard time with affirmations because Mm. I say them and I'm like, but either this is not true or it's like too cheesy. So what is the process of getting through that uncomfortability that you were talking about? Dive in, I think dive in yeah i think you just gotta start and it's gonna feel um it's, it may it, it will feel superficial to begin mm-hmm. but that that changes and it morphs into something that then becomes kind of curious about those affirmations mm. and like well wait a minute like is that possible and then mm-hmm. it just continues to grow and root into something else from there mm-hmm. so you just have to start even though you're going to be like, oh, I'm a good singer. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's helped me to write them down rather than just thinking them or yes. even saying them. I write them. And when I get to one that feels um, more uncomfortable, rewriting it over and over. And it's seriously gotten to the point where I have some of these affirmations that I like write in capital letters with exclamation points. Like it feels mm. so exciting to... What did you feel like that like switch in your brain happened? I don't, that's hard to say. Some of them were, were very fast. I think some of them I could, I mean, things like I am professional. I'm like, yeah, I get that. (laughs) Um, But some other things like, yes, like my, my voice is flawless. I'm like, that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the more you, you write it, it's not necessarily that like, okay, like my, my voice is, is not flawless, but I can love on it as if it, it is flawless. And it has potential, so much potential. Yeah. Right. You can love on it as if it is. Jen, thank you so much for sharing all that you have with us today and for joining us on our podcast today. I I really think that there is something super powerful about a simple moment of one artist reaching out to another to offer support, just like you did for Evan and sending him this workbook and how teachers have reached out to you. Uh, you are such a powerful, gritty person and the opera world yeah. is better for having you in it. Yes, exactly. Aww. We're so glad that you would be in our community. And Jen, we have just a few questions to ask you before you go. Okay. Um, one thing that we are wanting to ask each singer who comes on is about how we strive for perfection in millions of different ways and we never measure up. So I want you to talk about one of the ways that you've been told that you need to change and that you don't measure up. 
Mm. Uh, something that I have always struggled with, which many will say is probably the most important thing about singing, is technique. Um, I, I had sort of a strange undergraduate and graduate experience in that I had five teachers oh my goodness. in, a, in a, a matter of seven years. So, um, and all of those teachers had amazing, wonderful things to offer and to teach me. Um, but it was a lot of changing of hands and a lot of starting over, starting from scratch saying, you know, there's some issues there. So we're going to just break you down and build you back up. And then (laughs) they'd break me down and then I'd have to go find a new teacher. So if there's someone out there who struggles with the same thing as you, Mm. They've been passed around. They haven't really gotten a solid technique. They might even be looking for a teacher. What do you say to them to encourage them? Mm, I think number one, if you if this is what you really want, it will happen. Um, I think if you keep trying to walk through doors and keep trying to find the opportunities or find the teacher that's going to help you, that it will happen. Um, so I guess that's, that's the biggest thing is just go, if, if you know you have technique problems and that you need a teacher that can help you with them, um, ask around to people that you trust, uh, do your research, take, you know, sample lessons, find out who is singing with that, those voice teachers. I think that's a, a very big thing. Um, you know, see if their students are out doing really great things if they're doing the things that you're seeking to do right so if you really want to sing opera and you really want to do maybe you're a certain fa right go see if the students of this voice teacher are doing the things that you want to be doing Mm. okay well we have one last kind of fun question for you so what opera character would you like to perform more than any other that is an awful question how do you (laughs) How do you pick one? Um, I'll give you like three. Okay. Hit us. Let's see. I would love, I mean, who doesn't want to sing Musetta? That is like, (laughs) I think men and women all want to be Musetta. That would just be so fun. What a a super fun character um, and a beautiful opera. I would love to do Gilda. Mm -hmm. That is just Mm -hmm. such a. Oh, that would be good for you beautiful role yes yes um i would love to do um costanza from abduction that would be pretty cray cray um but then i also love i love more um contemporary modern stuff too Mm, me too so like the crucible if you guys have ever Mm -hmm. looked into that opera i think being Abigail would be such an interesting, fun character yeah. to get to be that sort of like villain who doesn't think she's a villain. Oh, right. that would be very cool. Yes. Yeah. So there's four. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, thank you again so much for joining us today. I have learned a lot and I'm super mm-hmm. excited to get on Amazon and order my The Artist's Way book. Get a journal too, like a composition. Yes. Yes. I'm going to have to write those three pages every day. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Oh, that's another thing. If I may add, don't strive for perfection because that yeah. is blocking your creativity mm. as well. Break all the rules. That's Thank what we you. do best as artists. I do need, I need to be told yes. that often. But just, just go, go for it in whatever capability you can and you'll still discover something. Awesome. Thank you for those parting words. And if anything Jen or Evan and I have said today has resonated with you guys, our listeners, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button and drop us a like on Instagram or Facebook at Take the Stage Opera. Yes. Thank you again, Jen, for being here. Thanks so much for having me. And for all of you singers out there, in Boca Lupo.